Welcome to the Rooted Deep Podcast. I am your co-host, Mr. Carl Bourne Jr. And I am your co-host, Paula Chang. We're really excited that you joined us here for fresh new content each and every week where we get to share not only the stuff that we're learning, but we also get to help you learn new things. Each and every week we pick a book and we talk about some topics from that book and talk about how not only it's helped us enhance our lives, but how it could also help you enhance your life so that you get to be the person you're meant to be and reach your potential. We hope that you are able to receive not only what you wanted to get from this, but we also get to help somebody else's life change. So give this like, share, subscribe, share it out to your friends. Just help everybody know that they too can enhance their lives. morning everybody well i guess whatever time you're listening to this good afternoon good evening good night as my caribbean folks say just saying what's up to everybody and want to welcome you to another episode for me currently traveling right now so if you hear some noise in the back don't worry i'm just at the airport nothing uh nothing to panic about i know you guys love us a lot and you care for our personal safety so we appreciate it and if you don't well you do now welcome to the team Welcome to the personal safety team. Safety <laughs> first. But no, yeah, we just want to say what's up to you guys. Um, look, we say it every time, but we really love the fact that you guys listen to these episodes, that you guys support everything we do. And it means the world because, one, it verifies that we're not just two nutheads talking about, you know, some nonsense, but we really do have a purpose. We really are sharing stuff that actually matters. And per usual, we are still covering John's book. No, I'm going to say his last name today. We're still covering John's book, The Wealthy Gardener, um, which if you listen to the last episode, we covered some two topics that were crucial. Well, one, The Wealthiest Gardener, that was crucial. And, you know, to be with y'all, I'm still, I woke up this morning still thinking about, you know, that portion, but we're not really going to get into it. If this is your first episode, listen to it. Go to the last episode. Go check that out. Um... But today we're going to be talking about two things. So before we get started, let's check in with Carl first of all. Carl, how you feeling? What is going on, folks? I'm feeling pretty good, man. I woke up this morning and I just, I feel extremely blessed. I feel extremely grateful to be here. And I think that uh, last episode we did, I'm still kind of running off of that that vibe and that energy from the wealthiest gardener, just because that was just so like important and critical to me. And I actually made the decision that I'm going to go ahead and either frame that or, I mean, uh, print it out and, and, and put it up in my room or like make it a screensaver on my iPad. Cause it's just so powerful. And I don't know. I actually wanted to just like, share that again because I, I feel like for the listeners we have that are new you know it in case this is the episode they start off with I would love for them to hear that because I just think it was just such an amazing thing and I think it's one of those things that everyone should hear you know and everyone should should really like internalize it so uh, but I mean if that's okay with you bro uh, I want to go ahead and and read that to the people. Go right ahead, man. Go right ahead. 
All right. So the wealthiest gardener, it is the one who shapes life with ours, who is a master of attitude, regardless of conditions, who feels entitled to nothing except that which is earned, who knows the pride of effort, regardless of outcome, and who, instead of settling for less, asks quietly, why not me? It is the visionary who is impractical, who is even at times ridiculed, but who thinks independently and listens to the still inner voice to avoid the regrets of those who wonder what might have been if only they'd follow the pull of their soul. It's the one who lives with purpose and intention, who shows up each day and does the hard task, who seeks satisfaction over pleasure, who strives to make a difference to make the world a better place, but who, when actions fail to produce impact, will know that failure was never due to partial efforts. It is finally the one who lies spent, exhausted, certain that there's nothing more that could have been offered on the altar of life, who meets the end with the clear conscience of having passed the ultimate test of giving one's best. <sighs> that just that just does something to me, man. Like Right. Right. That is probably the most powerful thing I've read all year. And this is September. Like, that's how much I feel like that really pulls on my heartstrings and and my emotions. But with that being said, guys, this episode, we're going to be talking to you about uh, challenges as well as crisis. And... Those two chapters in The Wealthy Gardener about challenges and crisis, I think this is a really good one, Paul. I think this this is a really good one because wow, challenges. Let's talk about let's talk about challenges first. So let's talk about challenges. You saw like straight off the bat, you know, when I started reading it, there was a quote, there was a sentence that stuck out to me and I put it on my Facebook status this morning and it said uh, an unprepared mind Mm -hmm. invites suffering during the challenges of the day so and you know this this speaks to me on so many levels just simply because i think far too often we assume that once we become successful things are going to stop being hard or working towards this like fantasy world of bliss where now we don't struggle anymore now we don't have problems and that attitude, right? And that's that attitude that y'all know how I feel about the American dream. That's that attitude that's sold to us. Do that dream like, yo, one day you work really hard and you do this and you do that and all your props will disappear. Everything will just be magically great day in and day out. You're going to have the two and a half kids, the, the white picket fence, the house of four bedrooms. You're going to have the grass to cut, this, this, and that. The one dog, whatever. And you're not going to have issues. The problem with this viewpoint is once adopted, it actually hinders you from being able to win because successful people, and this is what the gardener was talking about, successful people understand that they prepare themselves to actually have problems in the day. Right? So don't, they don't come into it thinking, I mean, granted, you want it to be an amazing day. So yes, this is going to be an amazing day. But yes, it's going to be an amazing day. And I'm going to solve the problems that arise. I'm going to take, take the challenges head on. 
so mentally you're getting game ready, right? So now we both play we both play football. So to me, I look at this like I look at this like film study, right? When you gotta watch film early in the week. Now we could have the team that doesn't win is a team that just shows up, right? They just maybe do some no pads practice. Maybe they do one day of defense, one day of offense, right? And then they just show up on the field. I mean, are they still going to play? Yeah. Are they still going to maybe score some points? Yeah. But are they really going to win and dominate? I don't think so, right? Because they're coming into this thinking that, yo, this is going to be a fair fight, right? This is going to be equally hard for them as it will be for us. So really we're on the same playing field. Now the, the successful team is one that sits down Sunday or talking about high school football Saturday, right? The day after the game, they sit down and do some stretching and watch their film. They start anticipating that the team they're playing next is going to produce some challenges they've never seen before, right? I remember there was a particular team, right, that we played and they were known for their running game, right? They ran a three-back uh, offense where they just had, you know, three running backs just side by side by side, bro. You never knew where the ball was. You literally never knew where the ball was going to be because as soon as they snapped the ball, it could be one of three people could be holding it. The quarterback could be holding it. You could be thinking one of the three people is holding it and suddenly it's in the air and the receiver's got it. So what did we have to do to prepare for that team, right? That week, coach made us practice with a pebble, right? So the ball was a pebble. What did that have to do? That disciplined us to now start to learn that we got to cover every man on the field. Right. So now we're not going from playing like, yeah, no, I think the ball's going to go there. Now it's like, bro, you got to commit to your assignment. You got to get your man. You got to make sure that you prepare for every single scenario that could pop up. Because if any one of the 11 people across the other side of the line have the ball and you're not on top of your stuff, you're not prepared, you're not ready for that, you're going to find yourself on the losing side. You're going to find yourself not winning. And we had to take. So that's what it's like when I think when you prepare yourself for the challenges ahead. Because you go suddenly from now being blissfully hoping things work out to intentionally preparing for things to work out. And if they do go wrong, you practice for that. You rehearse. Nobody shows up on the stage without putting in the work. No, nobody pulls up, bro. You're not going to see one successful person who hasn't put in the work, who hasn't prepared for scenarios. That, that's just, it doesn't work like that. And to think that somebody can one day attain this dream where they're not going to have problems, that ain't it. That definitely is not it. This, that's not how winners are made. That's not how winners do it. That's not how successful people bro. Our coach, our mentor, he doesn't do that. I guarantee he wakes up in the morning thinking about what could possibly go wrong today and what do I need to prepare for? What scenarios do I need to prep? What systems do I need to put in place? I'm starting to get carried away a little bit. I'm sorry. I'm starting to get no, carried no, away. No, 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 no. You're, you're good. You're good because you're you're speaking a lot of facts and what I really love about this chapter is it gives me like a nostalgic feel in a way because there's something that my mom always told me growing growing up and to this day she still tells me it. So for those of you who don't know, I sometimes can have a a really bad temper. Now, now that I'm an adult, I do a lot better than I did when I was a child, but <laughs> thank, God, thank God for growth. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But I 
definitely used to let things ruffle my feathers a little too quick. And my mom would always tell me, she'd say, you know, if you can't handle the little things and the little challenges that life throws at you, how do you expect to handle the bigger things? And to this day, I kind of keep that with me because it's so true. And even tying into what you were saying, when you wake up and you set out to have a day that is filled with purpose, but also with the mindset that I'm going to face some obstacles today, or I'm going to have challenges come my way, but you approach it from a mindset of wanting to find the solution. It's so much better for you to handle whatever comes to you during the day. I remember that when I first started thinking about being an entrepreneur and um, you know, having my own business and stuff like that. It was like about five years ago in Tampa, Florida is where I was living at the time. So Tampa, Florida, uh, 2014. And one of the first, one of the first like motivational speakers that I had listened to and encountered in, in all of my personal development was uh, a speaker by the name of Jim Rohn. And let me tell you, 2014 me loves some Jim Rohn. Like he just, he just said some really good stuff. And as I was reading this chapter, I was reminded of one of the favorite, one of my favorite things uh, or quotes of his. And the quote is like, don't wish it was easier. Wish you were better. Don't wish for less problems wish for more skills and don't wish for less challenge, wish for more wisdom. And yo, <laughs> don't, I'm sorry. That last one comment. Read that again. Read that again. So don't wish it was easier. Wish you were better. Don't wish for less problems, wish for more skills and don't wish for less challenge, wish for more wisdom. And to me, when I, when I first heard that, I was like, wow perspective change because it's like you go from looking at the problem you go from focusing on the problem to focusing on the solution and when you approach life and you approach things with a solution oriented mindset you're going to go far because no matter what comes your way you're always prepared you're always thinking okay how can i overcome this obstacle how can I make sure that that I'm better equipped for whatever problems may come in my business, in my relationship, you know, in my health, in my life in general? And even in the book reading, there were a lot of like just good quotes, too, that I felt like related to that, that quote of Jim Rohn, you know, like even... Uh, I believe it was Philip Brooks uh, that said it. And it was like, do not pray for easy lives. Pray to be stronger men or women. And it's just, I think that's such a powerful, powerful theme. Because when you think about yourself being better, it allows you to just be, I feel like in a way, untouchable. 
you know, like you're just Teflon, like nothing, nothing can, can really throw you off. Nothing can shake you. And a life without challenge is a life without a worthy contribution. That's facts. That's facts. That is something that I think we don't think about enough. And I think that we need to start moving more towards having solution-oriented mindsets and focus more on the solution instead of the problem. Because the problems are always going to be there. They're never going to go away. You're always going to have a challenge. It's like that, that saying, um, with every new level, there's a new devil. You know, but if you're focused on solutions and you're focused on just being better for whatever challenge comes your way, there's literally nothing under this sun that you can't overcome. Literally. I think the gardener goes on to talk about how life actually becomes easier once you accept that you have problems and then accept that you that problems will arise, right? So you just got to accept that you'll have problems. I think that's step one. Because I think with challenges, with challenges, we tend to, there's two types of people, right? There's a, well, maybe there's three. So there's a people that like a challenge will arise and their immediate reaction is to just head on, face it, right? This reactionary people, like, oh, problem, boom, solution no matter what. Then there's that other group of like people who a challenge will occur and they, they need a little time to kind of think it through before they, they face it. And then there's that third group of people who they just run away. They're runners. I used to be that person. They're runners, right? They're just going to run from all the problems in the world. They never want to face it. And I think when it comes to challenges, first of all, we've built it up in our heads the way they, versus what they are in reality. What does I mean by that? I mean that I've come to realize that, one, our problems are a lot worse in our head than they are in reality, right? They're a lot worse in our heads than they are in reality. And two, the very thing that we run from ultimately ends up being the thing we run towards, right, with our problems. The problem is if we run from our problems, by the time we need it again, after we've come full circle, it's going to be worse, now it's going to be like what you thought it was in your head, right? Because you went the roundabout way. You didn't go the direct route to it. And he talks about that, um, you know, he said, just because you're a quote man, Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt, essentially, well, he said, pray not that, you're, that you're per- your load is, your burden is lighter, but that you have a stronger back. But my man was really saying, don't, don't pray to have less problems, Right? Pray to, pray to be more adaptable to them. Work to actually become a problem solver, right? Don't, you don't want less problems. Less, to me, less problems means less money. If I can solve less things, that means I have less value to be paid for. That's how I look at it. The more things I can solve, the more people value what I have to bring to the table, the more money's about to exchange hands. That's what it is. People don't pay you because you're you. People don't. People pay you because you can solve issues. You get sick, you go to the doctor to solve that problem. You need to learn something, you can go to school to teach yourself that problem. Well, I mean, now you need to learn something, you can go on YouTube, YouTube to solve that problem. Right? The, matter of fact, why do you think people, when every time somebody has an issue, what are the two 
two needed things they do these days. If you, got, if you need to know something, you either go on Google or you go on YouTube. And I think YouTube might even win out because now it's like, bro, I was having a conversation with somebody um, at Walmart yesterday and she was just mentioning how life is so easy for her now. She don't need no man. I'm like, man, that's your, that's your prerogative. I'm not here to, to place upon the relationship. I'm just wondering <laughs> how life is going. But she was talking about she was changing her timing belt and she's never gone to school to be an auto mechanic. And she said all she did was pull up YouTube on her phone, go outside, and take it step by step. And she changed out her timing belt. Right? So that, that's, that's the problem YouTube solves. So that's why they're able to be what they're worth. Y'all, the more problems you run away from, I'm just saying, the more problems you run away from, the more money you're leaving on the table. And I don't know about y'all. Now, it's not, it's not, we talked about it in the last episode, right? Being the wealthiest garden is not about having the most money. But I will say this, I will say this, all that freedom you want in that, in that life with no problems, it ain't just going to magically appear. You got to be able to claim, shout out, you got to be able to reclaim your time. And you only do that by learning to be a problem solver. And you learn how to be a problem solver by learning not to run away from those issues. Right? That, that's, that's just what I want to put. Like, because you learn how to... You learn how to solve problems, you become battle ready, right? So I'm going to share two quotes with you real quick. Yeah, go right ahead. One, and this is a Paulie Chang original, right? If you stay ready, you don't have to be ready. What does that mean? You can, you can, you can look at life in one of two ways. You can look at life where like, you're going to wait for something to happen and then you'll handle that. Or that's be ready. Or you can stay ready, you've already practiced for it, right? I mean, I know we all do. We all run through some crazy scenarios in our heads. I, do you do it? I do it. I'll be running some insane scenarios in my head. But I also run through scenarios about, like, the podcast. I run through scenarios about my schoolwork. I run through scenarios about my business. Let's talk about schoolwork. Everybody's done it. Towards the end of the semester, right around finals week, what does everybody usually tend to do before studying? They start tallying up their scores, right? I got finals coming up. If I get this score, I'll get this grade. So now you start prepping to get this score specifically because you're anticipating that problem to arise. So how are we able to do that there? But with everything else in our lives, you can't, you can't look at it like that, right? You, are you telling me that somebody else being in charge of your destiny is much more important than you being able to control your life? So you can sit there and tally up, oh, I need a 42.389%. In, in, in physics to get an A in the class on the final, but, but you can't say, oh, I need to wake up five minutes early so I can give myself a five-minute buffer to do some personal development in the morning on my way to, to school or to work. You tell me that's not a thing? Nah, we have to be able to learn how to be battle ready. Because, yo, and this, this, is how, this is how life works, I've come to see. The more problems you learn how to solve, the bigger problems arise. But the bigger problems arise, the better you become at solving everything. Decision fatigue? Decision fatigue goes away once you start to solve a lot of problems, once you start to address that they, once you start to accept that they are. But you can't become a master solving multiple things if you can't even take the time to master the fact that they might actually pop up in your day. That, that's what I have to say That And two, I'll share a quote that, and I'm gonna heavily misquote this, but my mom, when she was doing anesthesia school, she 
wrote on the sticky note, and I think I talked about this before, but she wrote on the sticky note and she put it on the door, right? The closet door where I would put, like, keep our coats and stuff. So every day before leaving the house in the winter, like you had no choice but to read the quote because it was right there. And it talks about life has a lot of storms, right? And storms can honestly basically wreck you. But if you prepare yourselves from the storms of life, when they hit, they're not going to be as bad as they could have been if you hadn't been ready. And that's what it's about, right? We just have to accept that we're going to have storms. We're going to have problems. And our storms sometimes are going to, we're going to just soar. We're going to soar through them. And sometimes it's just going to be about surviving through it. Let me just make it to the next day. But if you get yourself ready for it, now you go from reactionary to intentional actions. I don't know how else to say that, right? You go from being a reactionary person to an intentional person. Because now your problems don't happen to you. You actually happen to your problem. I'm going to leave that one there. Let's go to the next thing, unless you got something to share. No, I think that was, I think that was good. Um, so it's crazy how these chapters, I think they're very synonymous. I mean, challenge and crisis, like it's very, they're, they're in, in the same group, essentially. And the only difference really is that challenges, they say challenges are are, are like a, a a smaller version of of what a crisis is. Like a crisis is something that is literally, it it, it can be like life changing, you know. It's something that can really destroy you emotionally, um, mentally, physically. Like that's a crisis, and. The crazy thing about it, though, is that the same type of mindset that you have when you're faced with challenges is the same exact type of mindset that you want to take into times of crisis. And I know, like, in the book, uh, John had said that it's delusional to expect a life of ease and comfort. A more empowering approach is to seek inner strength and wisdom to weather the inevitable trials with grace and self-possession. And when you think about it, that's like the same thing we just said about challenges. It just now applies to um, crisis. And truthfully, with the crisis, it's something that when it happens to you, you may never really be the same person. You know, like you might be a completely different person, but you learn how to live, you learn how to cope, you learn how to move on. Um, I know they they made a comparison and I thought it was a really good comparison when they talked about it being kind of like when you receive a cut, you know, or some type of wound and then you get the scar, you know, like you're never you're you're not the same person. You know, you always have that 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 scar to show what you've been through but you learn how to move on regardless. And it's kind of like the same notion as like, I bend, but I don't break, which I love. Because when crisis comes, you better believe you're going to bend. But the one thing that I hope you guys realize is it's okay to be bent. Just don't allow yourself to be broken. Um, Because if you allow that, you're going to be 
in a pretty bad way for a while. So I think that crisis and challenge, you know, they're, they're very synonymous and, and we could say some of the same things, the exact same things for both. But for me, the last thing that I want to say on it is just this quote that was in the chapter on crisis that I thought was just so amazing. I'm sorry, guys. If you've been following from the beginning, you know, like I'm a big quote person and I'm a sucker for a good quote. But the quote said, in the depths of winter, I finally learned that within me, there lay an invincible summer. We must only outlast the season. And I love that quote so much. For me, that's that's all I got to say. Dr. Carl Bourne Jr., let me ask you a question. Yeah. So let's keep it really practical for somebody that's listening to this. How can they, so somebody that's um, dealing with a crisis in their life, they got something going on, something that, man, they wake up in the morning, they're losing sleep, they're going to night, they can't, they go to sleep at night, they can't get sleep. Something that's just like, you not know what to do. What would be your top three things on how to address a crisis? So um, for me, the first thing I probably would do is pray. I probably would put myself, I would isolate myself so that I can do some prayer because I think that that alone time and, and that time to uh, talk to God, it, it reveals a lot to me. And I think it allows me to be able to think through solutions and, and kind of seek God's help to, to bring me through whatever it is that I'm going through. Uh, the second thing that I would probably do after that is I would try to put myself in an environment that is going to allow me to be around positivity. Because at a time like that, the last thing you want and the last thing I would want is to be around negativity or be around anything that's going to continue to keep me in that rut that I've been in. And I think the third thing that I would probably do is find an outlet. So for some that might be working out, that might be going to the gym. Uh, for me, that's writing. For someone else, that might be therapy. But I think that it's important to pray, put yourself in a good environment, and find an outlet. Those are the three things right there that I would say. I mean, I could say many more things, but I think for me personally, those are the three things that that stand out the most because I know in my life when I've faced crisis, those are some of the things that have helped keep me grounded and those are some of the things that allowed me to keep moving forward. Man, that's way better than what I would have said. <laughs> much more sophisticated. <laughs> you mind if I share mine real quick? That's much more sophisticated. Of course. I was going to ask you, man. Go right yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, mine is a threesome thing. Cry, make a plan next week. That's it. <laughs> what I what I mean about that is like, yo, no, I'm the real for me. Like, at least my go-to crisis solution now is cry, make a plan next week, 
what I mean by that is step one is like, just just get it out, right? In crisis mode, we don't. I don't think you have to take the time to release the emotions we're feeling because they're so focused on things going wrong, right? And I think that's what makes people lose sleep at night. That's what makes people. But there's nothing in this world that should keep you from sleeping at night. So I think you just cry and accept that the situation is a situation, right? Obviously, if you're in a crisis, like it's happening. Don't spend time crying about it. It's happening. So that's step one. Cry and accept it. Step two is make a plan. Once you've gotten out of your system, you got the tears out, you got the punches out, you got the weeping out, you got all the Drake songs out the way. Make a plan. All right, so what you gonna do about it? Are you gonna sit down and beat the world, let the, the world beat you up, or are you gonna step up? Are you gonna man up? Are you gonna woman up? What are you gonna do about it? Make a plan. Create a create a step-by-step action plan for how you within your perfect world get out of that situation, how you would solve the problem, how you would solve the crisis. And then step three, execute. Execute the plan. You've made the plan, right? You got your emotions, your emotions out of are no longer in the situation, right? Because you got them out of step one. Step two, with a clear mind, you made a step-by-step plan saying, you know what, this is what I need to do to get out of this, right? And don't think about it like, don't think about it like, well, I don't have enough money. No, don't, don't, no, no, just make the plan. Just make the plan and then execute the plan. Do what you need to do to bring that plan to fruition 100%. I think, I think that's, for me, I think that's, go to crisis solution step by step cheat sheet right that's 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 my crisis cheat sheet and i say that just simply because i used to be the oh the world is burning let me sit here and panic and nothing else that's just it let me sit here and panic but now it's different do something different step up make a plan execute that's what really it's all about that's how you win boom Straight gems right there. Guys, this week, as you're listening to this episode or after listening to this episode, I want you guys to think about how you can live with a problem. I'm sorry, not a problem-oriented, a solution-oriented mindset. I want you to think about how tomorrow is a brand new day and how you're going to wake up ready to to face any challenge and overcome it because you have all the tools you need to be able to do that. And as always, you know, we love you guys. We're super grateful for you listening. We do this for you and just really excited to, to hear your feedback on this episode. Keep being amazing. Keep sharing, keep liking, keep subscribing, keep commenting. We love that. We love, we love you all. And remember, First, you must know yourself, then you can know who you are meant to be. Stay rooted, and we'll see you guys next time. We hope that you guys enjoyed this week's episode of the Rooted Deep Podcast. We're so happy that you decided to join us this week. As we go forward, we just ask that you continue to share your thoughts with us, messages on Facebook, on Instagram, wherever you can find us on our social platforms. If you have any questions, also feel free to ask them there as well. As we go into this next week, I hope that you guys are able to just take the lessons that we've shared today, the experiences that we've shared today, and apply them to your own life so that you too can be able to enhance your own personal experience. Don't forget to be the most vulnerable version of you, and just remember that you do matter, and you have a story to share as well. We'll see you guys next time.